0: Welcome back to Judging Book Covers. I'm Megan Griffin, and I haven't hosted a podcast in a while. <laughs> As always, I am joined by my two amazing co-hosts, Stephanie Cortez. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Happy be here. <laughs> and Ollie Brady. How are you doing?
1: I'm good, but like just realized that I forgot that podcasts are an audio medium again so when you said you'd forgotten how to host I was shaking my head in disappointment but, but I realized nobody could actually see that
0: yeah yeah remember when you point your finger that's four pointing back at you or some shit I don't know
1: again visual joke for listeners
0: yeah <laughs> It's a Friday night here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're at book club. It's great. What media have you guys consumed between last episode and this episode? Anything worth
2: noting? Hmm. I, well I did read Daisy Jones and the Six. Ooh, that was very Ooh. good by Taylor Jenkins Reid. I think it's yeah. the author of uh, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. It was very very good. I love all of her stuff so far. and need more of her stuff. It was really enjoyable, but very much a. It was the premise is, um, this rock band in, like the seventies that they like they were doing so great. They had all these hits, and then all of a sudden they just like broke up. No idea what happened. But this book is the telling of like someone interviewing all these people to find out what happened. And it's like who do we trust oh, to tell the truth? It was so much fun. I loved it. I, I don't it. know.
0: Why I keep putting that book off? I know I'm going to love it.
2: Gotta jump. You guys just got to jump in.
1: I was walking through my school uh, about two weeks ago and came across one of the second-year students. She's about 14, and she was reading The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, which I had yes. never heard of before, mm-hmm. um, before you had mentioned it on the last podcast, Stephanie. And I was like, oh, do you know there's a sequel? She was, there's a sequel to this?
0: Oh,
1: no. <laughs> and I said, I think so i think that's somebody <laughs> told me that last week she went oh i'm so, that's so good this is the best oh, book i've no. ever read and i went well child you're only 14
2: right. <laughs> that's, that's true I mean,
0: to be fair i'm 34 and it's still one of the best books was, I've yes, ever it read. it definitely was and it's like oh. a, it's
2: not exactly a sequel but it's like someone who is in it there's a book about him and like his kids and like People keep That's... showing up in all of her work. I think I've read like three things. The people have someone has shown up. That's right. In all of them. Yeah. That's right. Because I wanted
0: to start them back over. That's yeah. right.
1: Yeah. And like all good books, you really want to read any connected sequel to it. Yeah. But we'll talk about yeah. that later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, I did read, and I probably recommended this last time, but she's got like a romance alternate universe story that like the concept should send me into a blind panic but it was so good like it's a really good romance story that was my introduction to her I'll find the title and send it to you okay please do
1: how do you mean alternate universe
0: like it's been a minute since I've read it I read it for the podcast so like if you go back to 2017 Mm -hmm. you can find the episode that's how long it's been (laughs) um but I want to say that's like either she hits her head or had some kind of like a medical thing happen and she's like flashing between two lives oh. or we either see the alternate maybe each chapters an alternate life I don't remember exactly but like even talking about this makes my heart speed up because I hate alternate universe stuff like this so much but so, I really enjoyed that book
1: you also watched uh, sliding doors and um just developed an entire hate for that Entire no, it's
0: it's not a hate. It's um I have a deep rooted fear of missed opportunities.
2: <laughs> okay.
0: Like, no joke. And and it's a comic that brought it out of me. It's there's a comic called Ice Cream Man, which is an anthology comic. I'm so sorry I'm talking about myself so much. No, oh, you keep no. going because this <laughs> is fascinating. Okay. So this is actually also recorded on a panelology episode, but <laughs> Ice Cream Man is an, is a horror anthology, and there it was a uh, is it Neapolitan ice cream? Yeah, um, yeah. So that think of that box. So it was three alternate timelines. It's like this guy gets an ice cream cone. He can go straight left or right, and from that point on, it breaks into the three different ice creams. And something about that comic caused me to have. Not an emotional breakdown, but like an actual, like, come to Jesus with, oh my God, I have an actual fear of missed opportunities. This is why I claim I have no regrets, because if I look at my regrets, I have to explore that. So, wow. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, like, yeah. Like, I can't deal with, um, like there's some sci-fi show that I really liked, and then they hit that point, and I was like, "Nope, I'm out." No,
2: oh. yeah,
0: no. Hate that that Buffy episode.
2: Also, Ugh. did a that lot one of damage. With me too. I will say that that did a lot me of too, damage. I was like, "What if this one's the real?" Because yeah. it's, it's very. It's worked in very well. <laughs> yeah, like that did a lot of damage too. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I just i i never I've never considered having a fear of missed opportunity.
0: I didn't either. But,
1: so, like, so, would that manifest itself as like second guessing yourself a lot, or?
0: Um, no, I, I genuinely, I don't know how to phrase this exactly. Um, like, I don't feel like I repress it. I feel like I do actually just embrace it and choosing not to have regrets and accepting that everything that happens to me is what makes me me. Yeah. So that's how I deal with it. (laughs) Um, But it makes me like a really big impulse buyer sometimes. Like, for instance, the car I bought, I went to Nissan and went, huh, you no longer make this car. This one looks like it. I want that one. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) But, like, to be fair, I have driven (laughs) Nissan my entire life. And my mother drives, uh, X, uh, Xfinity's. Yeah. Which is like Nissan luxury. So I knew it was a good car and it was the size I wanted and it was the price range I wanted. Like, and that was it. I did a test drive and went, yeah, this feels okay. (laughs) And that's how I bought my car.
1: (laughs) can we do uh, a very quick edition of i come from somewhere else that you guys don't come from
3: yes <laughs> yes um
1: so it's pronounced nissan oh. and uh, neapolitan ice cream over here doesn't have chocolate in it it's got lemon vanilla and strawberry
0: oh, that would be so good
1: it I is would really good enjoy
0: that <laughs> <laughs> we did breakfast for dinner last night Brenner? Um, which uh, we made a potato hash with shit. I know there was a pear in there. Some onion, mushroom, peppers. Um, I got a bunch of different flavored salts. So a bunch of different Ooh, salts in there. Fancy. Um, and then like this roasted pepper paste or Thai chili paste or something that I get. Um, I got it at Whole Foods, but I found it at Publix, so I'm excited. But Publix never has a price on it. I always have to get a price check for it. Um, But anyways, that with eggs. And then we made white raspberry. I know you wouldn't eat that. White chocolate raspberry honey pancakes with a little bit of honey salt. Wow. And then we were just talking about our different things we've had for breakfast, like chocolate gravy which is like a thick chocolate sauce over a what we would call biscuit i don't know what you would call that
1: uh is it what people call like cheddar bay biscuits
0: like no like a buttermilk biscuit
1: yeah we would call them biscuits like okay. uh, so uh, biscuits are basically what you guys call cookies um, right yeah
0: I don't see how that's a cookie, but that's okay.
1: Well, I see, I don't know. When you say buttermilk mi- biscuit, I like I can make biscuits here with buttermilk, but they'll still look like cookies to you guys. Like Oh. So that's one picture. Oh, okay. Like, yeah.
0: No, I'm talking about the big fluffy biscuits. Have yeah, like, so, so
1: we, we, they look like scones to me. Um, and any I've tasted them, it's just like a cheese scone. That's what they look okay. like. Sorry, I mean scone for uh, our, our less cultured listeners. <laughs>
0: okay um interesting okay well uh there's not a cheese in there but uh yeah it's like a thick chocolate gravy and then you put bacon on top it's so good that was southern breakfast
1: that sounds really nice
0: <laughs> that was a lot of time to get to that point and i'm
2: sorry <laughs> i don't even know how we got here to yeah, i don't either anymore <laughs>
1: I I finished uh, Leviathan Wakes since the last time okay. uh, we were on and it's Ooh. fantastic and I started Caliban's War which is the second book in the Expanse and it's even better I, 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 I want to meet this person and shake their hands and say you are a brilliant uh, writer and I am sorry that I ignored your books for so many 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 years James Corey you're great. <laughs>
0: That's
1: awesome. Nice. Megan. Oh, did we. you read House of Leaves?
0: No, I read maybe two pages of it and then went, mm, nope, my brain's not ready to process any of this.
1: It's the uh, chocolate and fruit of
0: books. Ow. that is potentially true for you. Um, I ended up reading, rereading Come Tumbling Down by and McGuire, which was, I don't remember. It's part of the uh, Wayward Children series. Um and it's one I've read. It's the sequel uh, regarding Jack and Jill. It's great. I love Jack and Jill. I relate a lot to Jack and Jill. I' am um, not sure if you guys have read any of this series. Um, it's, no, but I so, genuinely
1: thought you meant the nursery rhyme. I was going.
0: Okay, so um, the first book is called "Every Heart a Door" or "Doorway." Oh. I can never remember. Um, and it is about a school. That is built for children who have come back through their door and want to go back. These are children, a la Alice in Wonderland,
3: mm. you know,
0: who stepped through a door and went through a into a different world, yeah. uh, Narnia, that kind of thing. So it's a school specifically for kids who cannot assimilate back into society.
2: Interesting. Uh-huh.
0: So they kind of go to the school to wait for their door to find them again. Um, There are rules of the school that are like, no quests and things like that. So they're novellas. Um, The last one that came out is seven, I think. I'm double checking myself. Yes. Okay. So. One, three, five, and seven, all the odds, follow a storyline about the school. Two, four, six, and eight will come out in January um, are someone's backstory. So, like, it's how they went through their door and came back. So, book two is about twins who are named Jack and Jill. Jacqueline and Jillian. Hmm. And they stumble into a world that is essentially Mad Scientist versus Dracula. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's a world well, that requires. Well, hello,
1: villains. Megan Griffin. You just got my attention.
0: <laughs> it's like, it's really uh, like if you enjoy any kind of fairy tale quest it's a great series Hmm. um it's not as well known as I wish it would be but Shawna McGuire has such a like she deserves a bigger following but she puts out stuff at such a regular basis like pattern that she's fine like I, I don't know anybody who writes as much as she does um Like, she had a book out. So that came out in January. I haven't read the most recent one yet. I was catching up. Um, Book six is, like, for horse girls. It wasn't for me. But it was still good. (laughs) I mean, like, it's essentially going into any kind of horse-esque creature slash fairy tale horse creature is in this world. Yeah. And any time a human comes through the door it's because their world needs a new leader. And the human is supposed to help find the new leader. But unicorns yes, unicorns okay. are dumb as shit. They're like sheep in this world. I love it.
3: And are
1: they like just like they're just like pretty and athletic?
0: Uh, yeah, pretty much Okay
1: Nice, nice I'm digging yeah. this I'm digging this <laughs>
0: yeah. Megan,
1: how long are these books?
0: Uh, They're novella size So under 200
2: pages Okay
1: Yeah Stephanie I, Have you read any of them? I have not Because I, I, I want to just give her a, Like a round of applause For The, the genius Like ingenious idea <laughs> Of setting it up like this so that literally I can open a door and then the door will open me into whatever type of novella I want to write next. Like, that's fun. like, yeah, I'm, for the writer, this is brilliant. Like, this is just like I have decided I want to write a Western. Well, when they open this door, they're in Western world. Like, that's fantastic. Like, this yeah. is, it's literally this brilliant. This is what I'm adopting.
0: Like, yeah. Yeah reading this series and murder bot series both of which i very much highly recommend are where i got the inspiration to structure my entire like world building that i've been doing for a decade and a half
1: Ste- <laughs> stephanie yeah and um, this is just a little side I, i'm definitely gonna wink cut this out of the podcast but um in the future uh <laughs> If Megan tries to recommend as a book for the next month, either a Shannon McGuire or a Mira Grant, that's her trying to trick me into reading 700 books. So I have the names written down in red. And I never use my red pen for anything. So I've written it down in red. We have to avoid those.
2: Okay. That's her plan. Aside done.
1: Aside done. Okay.
0: Okay. Okay. I'm just saying. What what about this book, Ollie? It's only one of them. You know what's really great? I didn't tell
2: you all her pen
0: names. <laughs>
2: oh, no. I love it. I'm, I cannot wait. Wait a few episodes and then spring it on us. Oh, I'll yeah. be on board. Oh,
1: yeah. oh, by the way, this was also Shannon Maguire. Right.
2: No! It'll <laughs> be like after. And after Ali loves it and says he wants more from this author, she's going to be like, oh, by the, way. <laughs> by the way. There's only a billion
1: of them.
0: I find her stuff to be... Very complex, so makes it like really good to space out binging it. I watched Scream, Stephanie. I think you've watched Scream since. I don't know if you had watched it by the time we recorded last. I
2: don't ever. think so. I I don't remember, but either way, loved it <laughs> so much, <laughs> so much. That's
1: that's the new Scream, Scream yes. Five.
2: Yes, Scream Five.
1: I uh, watched Scream
3: Four.
2: Oh, oh yeah, and.
1: Uh, I'll try to, the best way to describe how I felt about Scream 4. <gasps> Loved it. Yeah. Uh, thought it was great. Um, way better than I thought it was. Because I, 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 I think I told you guys last Halloween that I hadn't really watched any Screams. Yeah.
3: Um,
1: so I watched the first one and thought it was good. Watched the second one and did not like it. Watched the third one and it made me never want to watch anything Scream related again. And then I finally watched the fourth one there about a week <laughs> ago or two weeks ago. And it's great. That's such a good movie, um. And I feel like it might have kickstarted that whole new subgenre, like like the Ready or Nots, and um.
0: So you know what's great? Yes. Two things: one, entire thing is addressed in movie five. Mm-hmm, Two, mm-hmm. guess who the director slash creator is
1: for I'll... Scream. It's five was oh five uh, sorry i was gonna say it's wes craven but uh, it was but uh, he didn't
0: do five
1: um i don't know
0: the creator of ready or not oh well <laughs> that makes
1: sense then because like it really feels it really feels like those sprang from scream four like that they did <laughs> we're knowing we're but we're still going to make it scary Whereas Screen Tree doesn't make it scary. There's nothing scary about Screen Tree. It's just annoying, and it's it's so meta that it just goes beyond being meta anymore. It's just like ugh, you're just annoying me. I don't. I'm not enjoying this. Mm. Um,
0: so you, you may not like Five then.
1: No. Well, I said I might like it if it's if it's done properly. But like the whole setting it in a movie that's a version of it's ugh, that's
0: fair. I. So, I, I did proper, like, the hardest thing I've ever had to do was not go screen, see Scream 5. That's not true at all. That is me being entirely facetious for the record. Um, but I knew I couldn't do it because of COVID. Yep. Um, so, like, literally watched it the day it came out. In the time between the two, um, we watched all of yellow jackets which is fucking phenomenal one of the twins is in yellow jackets as one of my favorite characters it's so fucking good i was so so glad i was like why am i already in love with her (laughs) i was like there's something there's a vibe i'm already and then i looked her up and i was like oh that's why so
1: stephanie did you so you, have you
2: seen Yellow Jackets yet? I haven't. No, But you but did I enjoy Please, Scream. Yes. yes, very much. Did you...
0: I don't want to <sighs> say too much. <laughs> I know, like... <laughs> the big reveal at the end... <sighs>
2: Stephanie it's... says,
1: I'm not going to or say too much. Megan, well, let me just tell you the big <laughs> reveal at the I end. I just
0: want to say... It was really cool to watch this movie as me, who is super fan, who literally picked up on so many past movie references, um, and then watching it with Red, who has seen the first four once, mm. and was going, oh, like, remembered a good bit about okay. the movies, and like, that was great, but... Um, It was cool to watch it through someone who wasn't a super fan's eyes and to see that he also really enjoyed it. Nice.
1: That does sound good. Yeah. And Yellow Jackets is worth checking out?
0: I think so. Um, I really enjoyed it and found it really intense and dramatic and um, eerie. My mother enjoyed it. But kept claiming, where is the horror we were promised in the first episode? So I will say, it is a slow burn. And by the time we got to the finale, I mean, I was on board, like, episode one. (laughs) I never got off board. But by the time I got to that, I was like, fuck. All right. This shit's gonna, like, ramp up.
1: And how many episodes is it? Ten. Ten. So like, it's like like it's an easy watch at this stage like it's
0: yeah it's on sh- well for in the US it's on showtime um it's so it's plane crashes in the woods um on the way to soccer nationals back in i think it's 94 93 um and then they're lost for it's 94 they're lost for 29 months
1: which sorry, Damn. which woods did they crash in
0: i mean like <laughs> Somewhere in the U.S. and Canada. It's explained. It's like...
1: Because 29 months is a long time to be lost in an American woods.
0: I agree. Mm -hmm. Um, That is what the entire first season is about. Uh, And then the other half of it is... Some of the girls grown up in present day.
1: Now, speaking of a deep love... um, Oh. Stephanie... (laughs) Can you tell us what book we covered this week and why it's a, a story for all time
2: well i can tell you that we read winter's orbit by Everina maxwell i cannot tell you why it's a love story for uh, i can't remember how you phrased it all time <laughs> for all, all time all time because i i don't i don't think that that part is true but we did read it for tonight yes <laughs>
0: So I have two ways that would have made this better right off the top of my head for me? Hmm. One. Does
1: one of them involve a dragon?
0: No. One. Okay.
1: There's three ways. Straight away <laughs> there <right>. are
0: <laughs> three ways we could have made this better. <laughs> one, you cut this down to novella size. You take this entire love story, put it in about 200 pages, take the political story cut a small bit of it, stick it in there, wrap up a good chunk of this romance, and let us see their romance blossom, mm-hmm. then do the political intrigue. Or you make this fucking 800 pages and give me more voices.
2: Oh, more voices. Okay. Yes. <laughs> okay. And because please, this, this was for the love of God, yes. 420 pages. Yes. I can tell you, I didn't start getting into it And it was only like, so, so getting into it until page 260 something. And because I specifically remember telling George, I was like, I've gotten this far in this book.
1: Well, (sighs) uh, while reading, um, uh, and this is a peek behind the curtain for for listeners. One of uh, of my co-hosts popped into our group chat and said, uh, maybe we could, you know, we could swap to another book. <laughs> um, something along those lines, and I've never been so tempted as I was with this one to go, yeah, I'm on board with this. And then I thought it would be a good idea to finish it because you know it might be good to. Yeah. Anytime I've been on, like anytime we've been on, I I'd love to. I loved re- it. I even the last book, the the first episode that I was co host on, even though I was a little bit negative about the storyline and the characters, I really enjoyed that book and will buy another book by that author in fact i already have beach read it's it's sitting over there somewhere um (laughs) but i don't think i ever want to read anything from this person again because it just doesn't feel it it just it just didn't feel like it was well written
2: it just felt like (sighs) i don't know it didn't i didn't Like, exactly what Megan said about if we had gotten to see their love blossom, because I think page 260-something is that where they actually started fucking talking to each other and communicating about things. Not everything, but some things. And I was like, okay, finally, finally, this is all we needed, and it took 200-something pages to get here.
1: Well, maybe, Stephanie, you could tell us who these... People are that haven't been communicating for 260 pages.
2: Don't put that on. Stop oh. It's all right. We have oh. some form of royalty guy, Kim. Chris Kim. Kim. Who's like, marrying Jaden, oh, who was married to no, his cousin Jynan. who died. Jinen?
0: Jinen. I listened to this <laughs> on audiobook oh. and had to pull out my copy of the book because, one, I thought the guy's name was Tom. It's Tam's? Somewhere between Tom and Tam. Um, <laughs> but he, he distinctly, it distinctly said Ginan because I was like, please tell me this was an intended reference, or just-
1: To like, Donald Trump?
0: I don't even know. I'm just like, but it's
2: Keem and Jainan I was saying one name, right? I guess Keem.
1: Well, I've been saying Keem, but pronouncing that Jainan uh, Jinen is what
2: I've been saying. Same and Tam Like,
0: yeah, like I really thought he was saying Tom, but it could have just been the between the accent and the fact that I do listen to audiobooks sped up.
3: Hmm.
0: I don't know. I okay. There's a good premise here, and I will say the opening of this book is great, because you both started this book before I did, Mm -hmm. so I was really worried that this was going to be another situation where I was going to be like, I really enjoyed this, and I'm so sorry you both hated it, because (laughs) it's a good opening, like, chapter. Mm, And then, (laughs) no,
2: no, I really like the whole
0: concept of, like, I get it, I get, okay, First of all, let me also say the other thing that I've been reading between episodes is this whole um, Stephen King's It crossover with Criminal Minds fan fiction.
2: I was so like, like, "Why I, are you reading I, Stephen King?" <laughs>
0: Sorry. But to like, say that I do live in fan fiction <laughs> okay. world, so. And that may be why I read this first chapter and went, okay, I'm interested. Political intrigue. There's been death. There's clearly been murder. The fact it took us so fucking long to confirm there's been murder?
2: Yeah. That's
0: the issue.
2: I liked the idea. I mean, I liked the idea from when we read the synopsis. (laughs) Basically, I'm saying Tam. Tam dies, gets murdered, we find out eventually, and they need his partner Jynan to remarry <laughs> kiem for some resolution treaty thing amongst all these planets i think um yep and it's happening like it's like been a month like he the guy died like very recently so kiem is horrified at the idea of having to marry his like distant cousin i think his widow or maybe it's just his cousin but so his- it's
1: it's so um tam or tam uh, Tom is Keem's was Keem's cousin.
2: He was his cousin, yes. Yeah. He's so like,
1: Jainan was his widower.
2: Yes, he doesn't want to marry the widower because he's like, oh my god, he's grieving. Which okay, yeah, I see that, but like, they have to do it for this treaty thing. Right. So I was like into that, but I think the book didn't grab me from almost the beginning, and I don't know why. I think it might have f- been all the complicated politics of that. The auditor. Who's in charge of this resolution thing? The remnants, right. which I still don't fully understand, because I did that's... get to a point where I was like, if I'm gonna finish this, I have to skim. I'm not reading every. No, that's
0: the thing. It's like, it's there's so many different offsets going on. The moment that I found out that Bell was a raider and like blah blah blah, one the fact that it was like shocking, like apparently she does a lot of things. I was like, I don't fucking know enough about this world to know how Bell doesn't fit in.
2: Right, but I wanted to know more about her. I was like, she is, our, oh, yeah. she is immediately more interesting this. than anything else.
0: Yes, on. I was like, I'm sorry, I could have had her backstory being threaded throughout this. There are raiders that are like pirates, but like evil. Give me yes, that. please. All
1: right, just uh, just to, to, to jump in for a second, I'm listening to the two of you talking. I'm like, yeah, Bell was cool, and raiders does sound interesting, but just for the people listening this is that's not what this story is about uh -uh. it is it's like let's put this this story about two people who refuse to have a conversation with each other that lasts more than two lines Mm -hmm. and they don't actually say anything straight to each other Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't mean the pun with that that phrase but um (laughs) they don't say anything directly to each other that might give information to the other person for roughly 260 pages as stephanie said that's when they start to actually being communicating more than half the book so you're watching this love story between two people from different worlds and we get it yes this is a trope and there's nothing wrong with putting tropes into books but the idea that these two people are start out cold to each other they have to do a fake dating scenario because that's what this is it's Mm -hmm. fake dating and I fucking love a bit of fake dating sign me up to a Netflix romance (laughs) I will sit and watch it all day long and I will enjoy this but when you make the two characters so distinctly unlikable and so unlikable for each other there's no there there aren't even small moments of oh well maybe there's maybe Keem's a little bit better than I thought he was oh maybe Jainan's not all bluster and pomp and circumstances. And yet they are the Mm -hmm. entire way through the first half of that book. And then when they finally thaw to each other, like you would get in a a lovely, cozy romance, for example, it doesn't feel like that. It feels Mm -hmm. like they go straight from, oh, maybe I do like you. Let's get fucking. And that's what it's like okay switch to switch and then suddenly all this political stuff starts happening and you're like well give me time to revel in the fact that these two guys like each other yeah they like our two guys are two men and that see that's another thing that we probably didn't address they are two men and it's in a in in this um future it's hard to explain it's like it's like uh star wars uh, it's a space where it opera. could be, yeah, it could be a galaxy far, far away and a long time ago, mm-hmm. but it's it's definitely not our universe right. or our part of the universe. Sorry, since the universe con- con- contains everything, but it's not our part of the universe. Um, where the, I'm not even sure how to describe it, um, there's three accepted genders uh, male, yeah. female, and non binary. And everybody gets to choose which one they are and that's, that's fantastic and that's brilliant. Um, and there's, there's no problem with this being, being a gay romance. It's just that it's a very bad romance. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't yeah. get it. I don't ever feel like there's a real connection between the two characters and it takes so long to even get the semi-connection that's there while other more interesting things are happening off screen. But we don't get to hear about it because we have to watch the two boys not talk to each other mm-hmm again for the 50th scene (laughs) yes
2: and I think you had a great point when you said like give me time to revel in this because usually when our characters in in a romance get together finally we get to revel in it a little bit before some other problem happens where they probably break up and then they get back together at the end but we don't really get they don't get to enjoy it at all so we don't get to enjoy it and I really had a hard time caring about the politics stuff Like, I wanted to know who killed Tam. However, I also guessed who killed him around the 240 page, wherever, like, that, you know, when they leave the place and the fly bug gets shot. I was like, oh, it was totally that guy that they were just talking to about everything they found out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I literally at no point care. I I just wanted
2: to know. But I was like, okay, but now I just want to know if I'm right.
0: (laughs) Was he not actually dead? No, Tam. Yeah,
2: yeah, he's dead, and his best friend...
0: Like, the whole memory thing, which would have been really cool, but by that point, I was so fed up, and everybody is so... The problem here is that there's too many characters, there's too much story crammed into 400 pages.
2: That's actually the part I need you guys to explain to me, because I don't understand what the Tao fields were and why it did that to his memory. no,
0: I don't understand. Like, literally, (laughs) I can't tell you anything... Is this a benevolent dictator? Like, who am I supposed to be rooting for here? (laughs) Do I dislike his royal family? I mean, on the the principle that it's a royal family, what the fuck are the remnants? (laughs) They were stolen. I was like, I'm sorry. Here, like, the issue I had was that you were trying to do too much in 400 pages.
1: I, 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 I agree with Stephanie on this. I agree with you too, Megan. the, the, the authors tried to fit too much in um, and because of that the, the internal stories kind of suffer, each of the individual stories suffers because of that Um, with Tam being murdered, right, so he's dead at the beginning of the book mm-hmm. uh, we meet our, our two principals, so that's uh, Keem and um, Jainan and they're uh, th- so the, the whole story of their relationship is what we're following and when it's established that he was murdered I assumed that we would have been solving the murder.
0: Mm-hmm. The implication was kind of that it's not, even if they're first cousins, like there's billions of cousins kind of vibe. Yeah. yeah. So, like, I don't know. I kind of like, the whole revenge thing, I, like, Kiam just kind of being like, well, this is just my royal duty, didn't bother me as much as the, like, clearly implied abusive relationship the entire book like knowing that this started as a fan on a fanfic sites makes more sense because the repetitive drawn out um why aren't they communicating well it's like a very early mid odd fanfic thing with like trying to keep people interested And you try to keep them interested by keeping the main characters apart. But the problem is, is that's like the fluffy, basic kind of fanfic, I guess. Like, that's not the fanfic. That's the fanfic you could find very easy. It doesn't yeah. work for fiction because fanfic, for instance, my fanfic, I think the last time I updated it was around 160 weeks ago, according to the last time I got a comment on it. Um, so, like, you kind of have to re-bring back in that story, I Megan, guess. Megan, just
1: when you say my fanfic, are you referring to your Luna uh, Draco fanfic?
0: I'm referring to whichever one I last... I think the last update I made was on my um, Claire and Jamie fanfic.
1: <laughs> Megan. <laughs> when you said that Kim is okay with it, Kim is not on board with this political marriage at the beginning. And mm. it's weird Fair. because he says... Uh, Oh, okay, like okay, I, I, i'm not going to remember the exact quote because this book just basically melted off my brain right um but he says something along like oh but he's grieving like he's he's only just lost his husband and he's grieving and and it's too soon to be getting married it's an arranged political marriage right Keem knows he's not actually getting married to jainan he knows it's a fake relationship so it doesn't matter that the other person's grieving. And his whole reluctance to it, it's when you said that it's fan fiction, it starts to really make more sense because that sounds like something that somebody would write in fan fiction where they saw something, oh, I, I would never have agreed to that, that fake marriage because I would feel like the person was too sad. So I'm going to make my characters be, no, 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 I'm not going to agree to this political marriage because the other person's sad about it. It's a forced arranged marriage. Right. You don't have an issue on it. Now, I was chatting to you before, Megan, before Stephanie got in. So, Stephanie, you know, Sarah if Decker does the Media Evil podcast. Yeah. So, I was chatting to her uh, about 20 minutes before we come on because I wanted to talk to her about arranged marriages because obviously she's an expert on arranged marriages and political marriages because that's what she studies and that's what she, she looks at. So, yeah. I asked her when was the last politically arranged marriage that she can think of that had any significance? And she said to me that it was in the 19th century, the early 19th century. So there were the only one that she can think of that had a true significance was in the 18th century, so the 1700s. And then that there would have been at least one or two that kind of had leftover things that had actual political meaning. So she's not saying that there weren't arranging marriages in the 19th and 20th centuries and maybe even the 21st centuries, but none of them had actual political importance at Mm -hmm. that point. So we're to believe that these
0: species. So you're telling me, have, wait a second, that yes. Nate Archibald and Blair Waldorf, that whole attempted at marriage, or the Waldorf Bass marriage, has no political <laughs> meaning. Yes, you're telling me I, that Kardashian exactly. Kane, uh, Kane Kardashian West. Well, I don't know where don't my brain me went on that. Though. No, I know, I, but like, man, 100 the up. they alone. have
1: no actual political thing although rare you... world could have done so much better the entire time but anyway um as they're i was saying better
0: at hiding the money trail
1: that's so all. so what <laughs> stephanie or sorry what uh sarah said was that so i told her about the premise of this book about this interplanetary inter-system marriage between two not even heads of state they're just important people within those specific royal families and she said it makes no sense whatsoever if you've got to the point where you're moving across planets the idea of a ruling class and lords makes no sense anymore it didn't make sense in novels that were written in the 50s about space and it doesn't make sense for a modern novel to be done and for the people to be in it to act like they're shocked that there's some sort of relationship not present in a political marriage makes no sense because every every political marriage that's ever happened has been hap- ha- like happens for that reason. Yeah, it's not here. You're going to love this person doesn't exist exactly. But the book implies that they have to be able to fake it that they're in love so that people accept the marriage and in so some the way.
2: Auditor accepts the marriage and re ups. The treaty thing, the resolution. And that's what yeah. doesn't make sense. Right, because I don't, I don't even fully know what I just said. <laughs> it's, it's That's what I'm saying. It's a political marriage. Nobody's
1: auditing it to it, make sure that the two people are in love. Like, it's not Scientology where you have to hold two sticks and let's see what your, your love titans are. Like, that's not what...
0: It feels like someone watched... Tree's Company. No, The Proposal... <laughs> Yes. With Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock and that Good whole movie. having to mm-hmm. fake being in love to convince
1: the immigration. ISIS,
0: people. essentially. Uh, it, like, there are parts of the story, especially like the blatant, like, every single person we check their. Like, I don't use their pronouns. You've established that there's only three, you know, Sets of pronouns. Three genders. Which like. Gender is a spectrum. There are also people. That are genderless. And like. Just to say. Okay we've got. Male, female and non-binary. You're not being progressive. This feels like. a Hey America. Get progressive. Like taking out your anger. Fan fiction that wasn't edited into a story. Like, it, it does almost feel like talking to, you know, convince your spouse because even the use of a royal family in a clan in, you know, 2021, 22, whenever this book came out, is a little weird. Not everybody has identifiers. I don't know. I like the gender of this bothered me a lot. A lot of the like, I have clocked what your gender is, you know, every time someone was introduced.
2: Yes, because there, there would be a point of like, oh, I saw the bead or the right, whatever jewelry, piece of jewelry or whatever. Right. Um. Yeah. I don't remember exactly how the author talked about it, but I do remember that, that it was very much like this is how I present so that you will see it. And then there was a lot right. of descriptions of Kim saw her, whatever. thing, Right.
1: Yeah. So basically recognize this piece of paraphernalia. as We were saying beforehand, Megan, it reminded me of the old, um, uh, hanky system for, for gay men. Like if you have a, a red hanky and it's hanging out of your pocket, it means something. If you have a blue hanky and it's, it's, prominently pushed into your pocket, it means something else and all this sort of stuff. So it feels like somebody had read that and was like, well, I'm gonna make this for all three possible genders and your scarf represents this and you're self-identifying as one of these things and then other people take it on. So, but uh. that's what it read like to me is that these people yeah. are self-identifying and then other people go, well, then you're, this is a, a man, this is a male. So they'll replaced with he, but the, other than somebody identifying as a male, there's no other common traits between all of the males. Like once somebody has been clocked as a male. To be fair,
0: are there traits of anybody? Like could you no, tell that's, what that's anybody what looks like? I think yeah, it's... Aaron was
2: blonde. So I don't. Maybe that was just.
0: Huh.
2: I actually, once you said that, I was like, I don't remember any descriptions of like no. hair color, eye color. No. Anything. Like for anyone that I clocked, yeah,
0: like. I don't know.
1: I ha I don't but is that a is that a modern thing as well? Um is it? I find that in a lot of I find that in a lot of modern novels that like for example I can't remember the last time I read a fantasy novel where they described the race of
3: I'm not one saying of the main race. characters.
1: Not just like as in when I'm, well, no I'm no, you're not saying race, but I'm saying for example uh like take the wheel of time which is something I, I i know a lot about um so the tv show came out and it was a lot of people were very angry about the casting of it because they cast a very diverse group of people sure. as the actors and a lot of people who'd been reading them for a long time or as i like to call them a lot of racists were like that's not a queen a shouldn't look like that a is a white woman uh, yeah well she's not um, but that's because when Robert Jordan was writing it, he describes her as having like white skin or whatever. And a lot of fantasy authors now don't ever describe skin color; like, it just it doesn't get mentioned. And maybe this person don't has agree. gone as far as to not describe hair color, not describe anything physical but that's about the people.
0: Bullshit! For let me put it this way: Are they all humanoids? Did they all look human? Are they? Is it literally like how many different
2: well, now I'm planet
0: <laughs> of people did we meet? And literally, all I can tell you from this book is that like the, I finished today. I've read over this past week. Wait, but- hold
1: on a second, Megan. Were you picturing these all as human type things? Keem is clearly a starfish. <laughs>
0: Anyways <laughs> I can tell you that birds are evil and like there was a comment about how bears have fur that that I was oh like God. that I
2: clocked because I was like
1: you just what? said clocked, by the
2: way. I was complaining about that bear thing to George, how they get attacked <laughs> by a bear and I think it's Jainon who's like, What the fuck was that? Like it's a lizard, like it looks like a lizard or something. And Kim's like, No, it's a bear and Jinan's like, Yeah, where I come from, bears have fur and like they have four they're on four legs not like crawling on their bellies um I was complaining about that to george he's like that feels like a very lazy world building that like, they both have yeah. the same wor- word for this but for different for things for different things on different right. like that doesn't make
0: any sense right like this is like there's too much shoved into 400 pages and like I can't like even honestly it also feels like an earlier draft. Like a lot of people are loving this book and like more power to you. Mm-hmm. I can recommend a lot of queer books that I love. But well we've read a good bit on this podcast. Mm-hmm. But this one just like
2: yeah. <sighs> I think, like you said, if it had been edited down, I don't know that I would have liked it more, but, well, maybe. I just, I think there's just too much, it takes too long for it to get going, and then when it gets going, it's like, it seems like they want to solve the murder. It seemed to me like they wanted to solve the murder, but it also seemed like they wanted... Like security or whoever to solve the murder, and I'm like, um, are you not realizing that he was killed? He had to have been killed by someone inside the military, in- yeah. or inside. Like this is an inside yeah. job. Why would you have them look into it? Like, <laughs> why are you this dumb? <laughs> like, oh my this God. naive. The voice
0: of the emperor scene where it was like this gold seal or whatever mm-hmm. that like took over the screen. I was like, you have good idea. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: but, but then, i cannot
0: but... figure out what world this is supposed to be
2: right and yeah. to cover it up because i feel like exactly. that guy like they Aaron, the in aaron whatever he covered it up to make it look like an accident like the fly bug crash and then the other thing is okay tam dies because his fly bug crashes they go they're investigating they're talking to aaron about everything their fly bug crashes Aaron did it, obviously, guys.
0: But they (laughs) they kept being like, oh, but someone at the palace could have had more time. And I was like, because you got to your
2: destination and were fine, and then you left, and then it's just so Mm tropey where
1: it's like the amount of time to read. Like, I'm just thinking of, uh, like, just take crime novels or uh, action novels. Like, let's just take a. uh, um, a born novel for example right so in Ludlam right the amount of times in one of Ludlam's novels where the young junior hotshot detective finds out a piece of information and knows that it had to have been an inside job so he goes and talks to his superior one on one in a quiet room with no other witnesses possible around and the person goes you're right uh, and then kills them and you're like <laughs> Right? And that happens yep. in a ton of other levels. It happens in Minority Report. I watched Minority it does. Report last week. Colin! And oh. Colin Farrell, Danny Whitward does it. Yes. And you're like, you know. Like stop that talking to him.
2: Stop talking you, right
1: now. You go to the person who's in charge of the system and you say, somebody inside the system did this. <laughs> somebody who had lots of power inside the system did it. And then it dawns on him, I'm talking to the only person inside the system with power. Oh, I'm dead.
2: Right? It doesn't dawn on him until he yeah. gets shot in the chest. Until he gets shot. He's like,
1: yeah, it's like, and it, it, it's a, it's the single worst bit in a fantastic movie. A five-star five movie, love it. I think it's one of the best movies Spielberg ever made. And yet still, and they're going, that is so dumb. Danny Whitworth is meant to be this hot shot young guy. And he screws it up. That's what this is like. It's like, mm-hmm. I am going to do something incredibly stupid. But even beyond that, Kim is a character I have a, a ton of issues with because we were talking about Tam and we brought him up a few times and 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 Jainan's entire story is that um, he was with Tam and it was an outwardly perfect romance and happy marriage. But it turns out that the entire time, Tam was abusive to him. And because of this, Jainan <laughs> is...
0: I just remember the last time I read about that kind of relationship. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but So Jainan is then awkward and doesn't like to be touched and Kim is reading this as revulsion and then it's treated like this like there are so many clues that tam was abusive to him throughout the thing people being shocked other people saying stuff like oh it's nice that you have somebody who likes you for you and all this sort of stuff Mm -hmm. and then Kim still reacts like he is shocked that the outwardly perfect marriage wasn't a perfect marriage despite the fact he's just spent 370 pages Being in a fake marriage. Yeah, and like his
2: sister, sister asks Kim for permission at the very beginning to talk to her brother, and he's kind of like, "Well, if he wants, like, he he's thinking that they're fighting, and he doesn't want to be like the one to like, like, oh yeah, I'll make him talk to you." And I'm just like, "Why are you dumb? Obviously, your cousin didn't let him talk to his family, and that's like within the first what forty pages, maybe." My
0: entire. A note as an editor would have been either remove this fucking phone call mm-hmm. or you have to put a goddamn conversation within the first 24 hours of Kiem going, hey, your sister yes! contacted me. Like, she said that she hasn't been able
2: to get a contact to you. Like, I wouldn't sorry.
0: do that? Especially what the his,
2: actual <laughs> fuck? Like, he's trying to be respectful. So, like, the thing that you would do, like, <sighs> oh, hey, she reached out to me. I don't know. Even if he still thinks there's, they're fighting, like, I don't know what's going on between you two, but just want you yes. to know she reached out to me because she wants to talk to you.
1: Yeah, like normal people would. Yep. But still, he <laughs> somehow seems shocked mm-hmm. that, oh, Tam was abusive to you. What part of Jynan... Doesn't read until like Tom was abusive to them.
2: Until he the sees anti- like a literal video of it, I think, is yeah. what finally. And it's like, it almost feels like, ah, oh, you cannot abuse, like,
0: a man abused? What? No, this is like, this right up straight up, the moment sister called and was like, hey, I haven't heard from my brother in years, my brain went, ah, abusive cousin. That and and like, then I got yeah. confused as to why everybody was talking so great about him. And then I just got confused because there's so many
2: characters there are. But also giant security whatever, clearance to talk to like anyone in from yes. his planet, I guess, was cut off and it's like um your cousin was some great hotshot military guy. He couldn't have gotten that fixed. Yeah, He yeah. did
1: it. I'm thing is, <laughs> but he also... was there, like it just doesn't make any sense for Kim to like he is so shocked mm-hmm. that the fake marriage wasn't a perfect marriage mm-hmm. you're in a fake marriage it's not a perfect marriage yeah.
0: how but like also, that's like, like all me saying those
2: marriages are for the treaty or the, whatever i know right? he
0: has issues with his mom but like do we ever learn about his mom and dad like because odds are if he's in a political relationship they're in a political relationship like we it like, no, we don't at all. Like, mm. it never feels... Unless it's supposed to be that, like...
2: kid, we know nothing about this planet. Maybe dads are not needed. I don't know. Maybe he's dead. I have no idea. That's a good point. We only hear about the mom. I could have skimmed like, over it, I'll be honest. but
0: Like, no, it, exactly. No, there was a point towards the end where they were talking about Belle... Um, likely getting hit for like Emperor's group and stuff like that and her decision to stay and I was like oh this is fucking trash sorry I am not happy about this book and the more I talk about it the more I dislike it was, it was not good
1: I was reading a review for <laughs> it and it's a very in-depth review it's on smartbitchestrashybooks.com and uh, you can look it up and she, I've read a few of her other reviews before um, and they're good Like very entertaining and witty writer and one of the things that they praise the book for is that Keem doesn't fix Jainan. That's the way they describe it. And they go, uh, Jainan fixes themselves and Keem is just the catalyst for this. The entire reason that Jainan finds worth in themselves is because Keem sees them as a nice person and likes them. And they've just moved from Tam, who was the abusive relationship, and now they're with somebody who's treating them nice. That is the exact opposite of they fix themselves. That is... Super Magic Wonder Boy has come in and likes you for who you are. So therefore, I must be a good person. That's as tropey as it cold, gets. And we were chatting beforehand, Megan. See. If this was a male-female relationship, we would be laughing at that and how poor the writing is. Um, and because it's a male-male relationship, but even as you said, like this is a a, a system which is set up where it's accepted that uh, there's the three genders and it's accepted that each of them is different in their own way but everybody is treated equally people shouldn't be shocked that a man has been abused in a relationship like but they are it's like no they couldn't have been abused what are you talking about he's a man and also also people shouldn't be shocked that there's a gay marriage and there are a couple of people who are like mm, maybe i'm not happy about this whole gay marriage thing You're like how, what are you talking about That's yeah. you can't set up this system where everything is accepted but still have some characters have 20th century er hmm.
3: moral
0: right. re-
1: objections to stuff which is accepted and normative in your world it doesn't make any sense
0: No, you know what would have been great is instead if this was set up as some kind of political system where I just lost my train of thought like,
1: the firstborn had to marry, but it was two men.
0: France, in like, back when the king and queen, all that, like, where the mistresses also had power, like, where it was like, yeah, this is a political marriage. We understand that we, well, the king definitely had mistresses. But I also get the impression that there were likely, um, the queen also had lovers like it was kind of one of those things where it was like yeah this is a political marriage as long as you're happy and I'm happy the world happy that would have been better here like we didn't need and also Jaina Jaina didn't fix himself there's so much therapy that that dude needs you like that is not an immediate fix that is years of like like, there should have been a scene of, like, hey, reminder, you have to go talk to Dr. Whoever, you know, to work through this trauma.
1: Yeah, that's Love the thing. Love doesn't it's,
0: fix that.
1: This is the second book in a row where the two main characters need years of therapy after the events.
2: Yes. Yes especially like, after also going in the machine that we don't i think all of us maybe don't understand that no, tried to all. fuck with his memories somehow to make him think that he killed his deceased husband
1: reverse right. gaslighting machine yeah.
0: <laughs> like, it's a cool concept of like haha how does we this are going work? to what is it? spin your brain <laughs> i think the 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 idea was to take the memories you have but twist them just enough to convince you. Oh, I get that. Oh, I just right. don't get what
2: this thing is that's doing it. Oh, I don't know. How is this? Know. What is this? And then, did you explain no. this to me? Because they keep talking about it, or I was skimming, but it was mentioned like, I think it's the, the Tau fields yeah, yeah, kept yeah, getting yeah. mentioned and that that yeah. was somehow doing it, but I was like, but how? What is it? Yeah. And then the remnants that Tam had oh, stolen. God. I was like, maybe those are part of it? Are, are those making up the fake? The field? legit oh.
0: moment that they were like, ah, the remnant, it is a fake. And I was like, oh, fuck. I
2: was like, but what are they in the I don't have place?
0: an idea what that is. And I just realized this
2: book is... It's going well, it? important for the story. The de- like,
1: de- remnant, it is a fake. Yeah, we already did that when Slughorn had the fake fucking memory. Like, come on. It's just <sighs> it's so... Just let's just take other things. Just take them from other really popular areas. Like I, I said, once once I've been told it's fan fiction. You're like, yeah, okay. Like, it makes this more is, sense. It's taking pieces of, and putting them together. Uh, let's let's just change things enough for them to to make them sound like they're new ideas, but they're not really new ideas. Not that they're ever new ideas, but like this this idea of uh, I I drag the relationship out for a really long time because i'll get somebody waiting to find out maybe the next time i update my blog uh with the next chapter of my story they'll finally kiss and that's what this feels like for 400 pages and i never believed the relationship between the two men i just it doesn't like even when they finally start liking each other oh no yeah it doesn't really feel really i felt
2: like they were attracted to each other like they thought the other person was hot and like yeah let's have it good good for you sexy starfish but i just didn't think that like they were in love or even on the way to
0: no like there was so little communication like i genuinely don't know what they could tell you about each other because literally every time someone talked you got a but what he really means is this Mm and for this reason I have to do this and it's like dude as someone who has been gaslit enough of her life you have to fight that you can't just let that run amok like Mm.
2: also it doesn't run amok that much also like Kim's very talkative I don't understand how he was okay with the lack of communication for as long as it went on to not just be like, hey, let's sit down and have a chat. Because he does actually try to have a conversation with him about how, because again, he thinks he's grieving. So he's like, no, you don't have to do anything. Like, we don't have to have sex or anything. Right. We're married. But he also says something about, like, you know, if you want to have someone on the side or I think he says something about one of us having or if we wanted to have someone on the side. And of course... Jainan's like, oh my god, he's not attracted to me, he thinks I'm ugly, like, he's... Uh, and it's like...
0: <sighs> no, that's actually that's a respectable wrong, thing to say.
2: Right. Maybe if it you really talked is. about it and said what you were thinking, then he yes. could have been like, no, I just mean, you didn't but choose even, this.
1: even, Kim's response to, like, Jainan is reluctant for contact, because obviously they've, they've been abused, mm-hmm. like, and Kim's immediate thought is, they find me disgusting.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: He must, he must think I'm hideous.
2: Like, yeah. that,
1: like, that wouldn't be my first impression if I was, if I sat beside somebody or I was friendly with somebody and I accidentally touched their hand and they've, like, your automatic response is to shy away from it. Like, yeah. you're, like, That's... and th- even tactile people the first time that happens yeah. go a little bit nervous. Like, yeah. they're not, It's not people don't just jump straight into oh we're in a sham marriage let's hold hands perfectly like because you are strangers you are literal
2: strangers right now and also
0: like you didn't fucking read anything about his culture beforehand
2: that's true yeah that's true too for all you maybe maybe read
1: a book like you know (laughs) like him coming in so cold as in cold knowledge wise doesn't make sense when this is the most important other culture it's like.
0: Say Is it? I really can't tell.
1: But it, it clearly is because it's the most important thing in the universe to them.
0: But I cannot tell if this is imperialism or if like I like I genuinely cannot tell what's going on. Are we supposed to not want this treaty to happen? Like I get at the end that um Thenia, I don't remember what the other planet's called. Um Thea? Thea, Thea gets to ask yeah. more because like they are in the bargaining or they are in the power seat and that's great right. but also like I, is that a win? I, I don't know what's going on
2: because that's where Jinin's from yes. and he like I will say I like the way that he set things straight because there's speculation that Kim was the one who was abusing him and obviously yes. we all know that it wasn't so he basically um picks a reporter that he's talked to i don't know that he trusts somebody but he talks to he's talked to in the past tells him the whole story gives him everything all the details about tam their marriage um the abusive marriage his murder and then he says something about the emperor like <laughs> yeah you know she said she's gonna like do right by us or something like that so it like puts her in that position where she has to give them stuff so i was like that was a little crafty i'll give you that one um but yeah i'm like i I, because i think it would be bad if the treaty didn't get signed because then there were like everything else
0: falls apart but should everything fall apart
2: but like this planet would have been invaded by another planet but or something where's
0: that other planet just on the other side? And like oh, a sheet of paper is gonna make them go away.
2: Somehow it's one of the ones that but, didn't get involved in the treaty. I have and to how say, how is the
1: auditor so powerful?
2: No. like what the creature auditor, is this the auditor? Super That's my other question. What creature? Like is it a job or is it a creature? I was picturing Prince Robot from Saga with like the TV. Same. Screen. Okay. <laughs>
0: <sighs> Which I read. Um, I need to. Fifty five. Or 56, whichever the first issue back was this week. I, need to I haven't it picked up the second one. I need to do that. But the way you just describe the breakdown of what happened at the end of this book is such a fanfic. Mm. Oh, but, you know, Jainan wakes up after so many days knocked out to find that Kim is in prison because it has been spun that he is the one. Like, Really? Really?
1: but that's the thing about that is who was spinning it that it was Kim?
2: It's a good question well Aaron oh, did Aaron Ar- Ar- something yeah but, but that's what I'm saying it's Aaron before Ar- he got but, whatever arrested.
1: yeah no but see that's my, that's my my point is if if it wasn't enough for the uh, abusive thing to be enough to split up the marriage and make a problem with this treaty which is what Ar- <laughs> Aaron wants why didn't he just point out that tam was abusing him in the first place rather than kill tam the one who's abusive and then frame the other nicer person as abusive because
2: i thought okay maybe this is where i was wrong i thought tam was the one who wanted to start the war originally and get the treaty not signed and all that shit, and then aaron found out like secretly And was like, oh, well, I'm going to just skim some money off. Like, I thought Aaron just wanted to get
0: rich. Yes, that's right. That's right. Off
2: the whole thing. And then Tam was like, no, you can't do that. So he killed him. Because, as you do. And then he continued. He continued Tam's plan? I don't know. Because if he had outed
0: Tam, then he would have lost his cash cow. By removing Tam, he is now taking his place. Which means he can skim off whatever the fuck he wants. I don't think he cared about the treaty, but I think because he knew how much it meant to them, that's why he wanted to ruin it. But again, this is me going, mm, this is fanfic logic.
1: And the, the other issue I have with it is, sorry, I don't want to even say this issue. I want to say something good about the book. There are certain parts of this book I think are really well written. And I think that they put a ton of effort into putting the story together. It's just that, the connective tissue isn't enough. As you said, Megan, either cut out all the political stuff and make it a 200-page novella about a burgeoning fake love story Mm -hmm. that turns into a real love story, or make it 800 pages and flesh out all of the parts in between.
0: I mean, like, at first... Okay, so, like, taking this chunk by chunk, we Like, the first few chapters of this book felt like the most important thing was signing this damn treaty Mm -hmm. but then we find out that that's like the overarching important thing so like explain something along the lines of like we're doing this now so that months from now This renews, and we want you to go do X, Y, and Z rather than this very short time period of like I want to say six days, but I don't think it's that less little time.
2: It's something super short because like it is
0: really short. Yeah, it's like
2: to me, it was I was kind of like, well, why would the auditor? Because it seems like the auditor is supposed to believe in the marriage, so it's kind of like, well, we he the auditor knows Tam died and knows that these people just got married two seconds ago why would he believe this marriage and certify the thing it doesn't exactly make sense
0: so that should have been like book four would like be introducing the auditor but this first book should have been about solving Tam's murder or about overcoming some political obstacle involving them getting married
2: and that's it's Because the Emperor does go into, like, she explains things to Kim about why he needs to get married, why they need, so we get explained, it's explained to us, essentially, why this has to happen. Couldn't tell you I what she said. Yep. It's I, I, I know yeah, it happened. right. I didn't retain but... any of it because I was just like, yeah. okay, there's a resolution. A.K.A. a treaty? I think those are the same thing, but now yeah. I'm like, I don't know. It happens it just, once
0: every 20 years?
2: I didn't remember that. I don't mm. Sure. That's only because sure. at
0: the end I know they're like, oh, well, if they hate it, they can negotiate it again in 20 years, motherfucker.
2: Didn't even remember and that.
0: <laughs> it So, even though this was written on a fanfiction site, it is not a fanfic of another known fandom. Like, it's not like a Star Wars fanfic that has been renamed from what I can understand. But it's still following that rule of fanfic which is I can tell you a story. Like, for instance, one of my favorite things that I've ever written is my George and Luna fanfic. That, reading that entirely relies on you understanding what happened in all seven Harry Potter books. Yeah. I don't have to give that backstory. Not knowing what this world is, we need that backstory. Yeah. Or if there is, if it's written down somewhere, you need to convince me why I need to go read that. And this book didn't do that for me. Yeah.
1: Alright guys, maybe we should go round the horn and, uh, and say whether we recommend it or...
0: <laughs> I'm going to say if the idea of a political gay romance is something that you're interested in, read Red, <gasps> red White, and Blue. Red, Right, and Royal Blue. Because <laughs> it's so fucking great. The President's Son and... The prince, prince of England. Have you read the song?
3: I
1: have indeed. yet.
0: <laughs> it's so fucking good, isn't it?
1: It's so much better than this. That was exactly.
2: Scene. It's exactly
1: what I was going to recommend as well. I but
2: love also, it. I haven't read it, but I'm gonna third that because <laughs> I trust you guys. Well, <laughs> I'm
0: also gonna say, um, so everything I read uses she/her pronouns. Um, I don't love when male, male stories are wit- written by women authors.
1: That was, I'm like, I, I'm just gonna say, I would be cutting out the vast majority of that massive pause, Megan <laughs> Griffin. <laughs> Cause it was like, what? I didn't know what you were going to say. <laughs>
0: That's totally fair. Um, I like, I was, my brain went, I, is there a better way to phrase this? I don't think that there actually is. Yeah. Um, That being said, I do believe that um, the author of Red, White, and Royal Blue also identifies as female. Um, But I could be wrong. They might be non-binary. Either way, Red, White, and Royal Blue is fucking fantastic.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I am going to second what Megan said because I didn't really enjoy this book. I think some parts of it are well written. Uh, I like i like the world building that she tried to start but i really would have wanted more and as like but having said that i don't know if i would have had the patience to go through 800 pages of it but it really does feel like it needed another 400 pages Mm -hmm. to flesh out the world that they were in red white and royal blue if i remember correctly is about 350 pages and by the time i got through it I was rooting so hard for those two guys yes. to be together. It's just... They, right. The first time you meet the two characters, I liked both of them. Even the one that was being stuffy and a bit stuck up, I was like, ah, he's a good guy. Like, you know, you can tell he's a good guy. Uh, also, another thing, uh, not to be honest, um there's some pretty hot sex in Red, White and Royal Blue. There really uh, is. Also, Winter's Orbit does not, like...
0: The sister and the best friend and the best friend of the prince totally have a threesome, right? Well, oh. yeah.
1: In, in my fan fiction, they do. you can <laughs> like, it it like, They
0: walk out of a room pretty um, disheveled, and I'm like, "They totally all had a threesome, right?" Anyway, yeah. yes, there's a but lot it, of really no hot thing. scenes.
1: It's it's a lot of really hot scenes, and it does it does what it it does what it's asked to do, which is interesting characters who meet up. Probably shouldn't be having a relationship. Try to keep it secret, like this. So it's the opposite of the secret of the uh, fake dating thing. It's the secret dating thing, which is you know another thing that I absolutely love. But it's just so much better written and more enjoyable as a story. And this is coming from somebody who is a fantasy fan and a science fiction fan. I'm currently reading two science fiction books at the same time. And I could not recommend Winter's Orbit. So it's not because and a lot of people will will jump to the conclusion that, oh, this guy just didn't like the queer romance. I can give you 10 books with queer romances that I would absolutely recommend ahead of this. Get on top of it, get on top of each other. Whatever you want to do, (laughs) that's your own business. But it's not the queer part of this that gets me my goat. It's the lack of explanation that really annoys me. So yeah. Red, white, and royal blue if you want a basically better version of this just without the sci-fi. Stephanie, you want to bit yourself?
2: I have not seen red, white, and royal blue, but I feel that I can third this recommendation because it sounds amazing. Oh my God, highly recommend. It sounds so good. (laughs) Um, I cannot recommend this one. It just, uh, I think you're right that it does need to be like 800 pages, but I already know like I would, I I could not sit through, I, could, I couldn't, I couldn't do it to get the full world building and history that we would need to really understand everything yeah. that's going on as a novella. Like if we cut it down, I still don't think that I would really care for it because I don't believe the romance part of it because yeah. we just didn't see that. So there'd have to be some other edits done to a novella style where we actually see them, you know, see that they like each other like I yeah I don't know I just and I the political stuff like I think it was a little too complicated but then also like didn't fully make sense with like the remnants and this resolution thing like again i know all of this stuff was explained i know we were told what the remnants were i don't know that we were told what those the tau fields were but i know we were told about the remnants i know we were told about the resolution thing and why they had to get married why all these marriages have to happen but the fact that none of us could retain the why it it's makes really me feel telling better it does make me feel bad but I i was really like I told George I was like one of them has to tell me what these stupid fields are and why this <laughs> did this to his brain <laughs> and I'll never know because I'm not going to go back and look
0: I'm also going to throw in a darker shade of magic because it's an yeah. urban fantasy fuck off but it also <laughs> has a very queer prince and a, like political shit and you know what it answers its own questions for a lot of things. Like I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't try to shove six storylines into four hundred pages. I also really get annoyed when you roll my your eyes at me, Ollie, when I talk about oh, no, it. So bugs. just
1: just for, for the thing. When whenever Megan thinks of something that every time I have in my head that she's going to come back and she goes I'm also going to I know she's going to say darker shade of magic well, it's just the way she in does in of it of me
0: going what else do I have in front of me that is queer and I went oh a darker shade of magic's queer um it and then I also the
1: was like, is, guys, she'll find a way to recommend and it. And then I was I also one. like,
0: but there's also Carry On, which is legitimately a Harry Potter. It's a story that spawns from like Harry Potter fan fiction, essentially, and like, I don't know. the The problem again with this is that it's a fanfic with no base lore. I recommend so many fan fiction books that I enjoy because I know what they're writing about yeah I'm so bummed this book was not as good as I wanted it to be
2: I know me too yeah, I agree
0: but I'm glad we all feel the same way because it, like the the internet really seems to love this And I'm like, I don't usually have those moments where I'm like, ah, the internet loves this. I don't understand why. So, yay, it's been a minute. (laughs) (laughs) Hmm.
1: There's a a sequel coming, Megan.
0: It's more of one of those, like, um, in-universe whatever. Like, I swear to God, I read the description about this sequel If we met these characters in the book, I don't know. (laughs) I don't. I don't think think so. I I read the description, and
1: they didn't. didn't seem familiar. Yeah, and
0: so so. part of me is like, what ties these together, other than they're in the same universe?
1: Yeah, um, that's one of my least or personal least favorite things that an author can do. Uh. And I, one of the first authors I brought a book to the podcast for David Gemmell did that once and he was like, And this is a continuation of Just the Legend story and then he cut to two hundred years in the future, Just the Legend was dead. He's like, Wow, I feel really feel like I'm continuing on his story there, uh, David. Thank you.
0: And I do wonder if like so a series I really love is Once Upon a Con, which mm-hmm. is about it's fairy tales, uh told in modern day, but the big ball is it a convention and like everybody shows up in the different books but you know that it's always going to happen at the same convention so you can take comfort and like that something familiar is going to pop up and it I kind of like if there's no ties to the first book I don't know like I, I'm not even saying this about this author that feels like a hard sell to me period like I don't know. No, I I agree. I can't think of some, like a series, like, not to bring it up again, but A Darker Shade of Magic had a comic series about the dad. And I struggled to get into it because like it doesn't have one of the four main characters. Mm -hmm. So like I enjoy it but I also haven't seeked out finishing it because like I don't like also like the short stories that come out about like side characters that are also in this world. I never pick those up because I'm like
2: Need more of a connection.
0: Yeah. Yeah yeah it, it's, it's
1: it, it, think of it as like if you're gonna have a spin-off it has to be a spin-off involving somebody that you care about like it can't just yeah. be a spin-off with oh here's a spin-off of remember that one guy who was in one episode of that show here's a spin-off about him <laughs> you get to follow him yeah. for two seasons on as he does NCIS like Florida like nobody cares and that's the kind of thing that these, these kind of long living sequels in the future are going to be but look i said uh i probably won't read it and it's not often i say that that i won't read a follow-up book and that would probably tell you how little i enjoyed this particular book and i said some of it is written really well just not for me um guys what are we going to do next
0: (laughs) um you switch subjects so quickly. All I was thinking about was like, if it was a Bell sequel, I would actually read that.
2: That would be the I'd way be to keep tempted, me reading. But I'd still yeah, don't that think would I be more would interesting. Read it. Yeah. yeah, I'd be worried it would be four hundred pages of this. That's Bell. fair. That's fair. It's so probably I'd something for you to read it and then you tell me. And yeah, then I'll consider it. <laughs> exactly.
0: It'd be something where I'm like, can you just give me a full summary? I just right. want to know what happens before I decide if I read this. What we're reading next, Ollie. We're going to get you to read some cozy mysteries.
1: Love it. It's
3: going
1: to be uh,
0: great. We are going to read Homicide and Halo... Hallow I think that's how you say it. Homicide Halo, Halo. and Hallow Halo, Halo uh, which is the sequel to a book that Stephanie and I both read last year and loved, Arsenic and Adobo.
1: Perfect. And uh, who, who wrote that?
0: Uh, Mia Manasala.
1: Perfect. I'm looking forward to it. So it's a cozy mystery. And is this uh, with the same characters or? Yes. Yep. Excellent. So what you're saying is I'm reading two books. Uh, of so, subjects. no, no, no.
0: To be fair. Uh, you don't no, no, it's fine. Do. I don't
1: mind. I, I don't mind this. It's so two books. Could. That's fine. Um. I will. It's yeah. not Shannon Maguire or Mira. <laughs> yeah. no,
0: please like, yeah, edit out like 90% of what I said this episode. Um, but yeah, that's the great thing about Cozy Mysteries is that they'll summarize really quick for you. So you don't have to read the first book.
1: No, but I will read the first book. It <laughs> you should. It's, like really, really, good. Good. <laughs> it's yeah, really good. It sounds like it's really good. Um, I'm
0: just saying for someone who bitches about how many series that I suggest, um, this book is readable without having to read the entire series
1: again megan it's not series i have no problem with it being a series it's when you say this is a really good book and then tell me afterwards oh yeah by the way this is a seven book series and that's how you didn't trick me into animorphs because i (laughs) knew what was coming
0: Okay. To be fair, I don't know why you don't just fucking assume that ninety percent of what I recommend is a series because that's how books work these days. That's true.
1: It's true. It is true. It is. Like, and guys, what are you gonna read next for yourselves? um, Because we usually do that, don't we? Yeah, we do.
2: I think I'm gonna finish "Velvet Was the Night" by Sylvia Moreno Garcia. Yes. Um, I started it and then I don't know why I didn't finish it so I need to finish it. Not very far in at all. So yeah, that's what I'm going to finish. What are you reading, Ollie?
0: Yeah.
1: I am going to continue with the Expanse series so I'm going to finish Caliban's War. I've been reading Alfred Bester's novels Um. so I'm just after finishing The Demolished Man, a uh, fantastic book. I read it before again a long time ago and read it again and it's one of those I' I'm, I'm, I was gonna say pulpy sci-fi novels from the, the 50s but it's not pulpy it's like a full novel like but just one of those books where the person has so much imagination you start going god damn it and like as somebody who likes to think I can write stories and then you read <laughs> something that this guy wrote and apparently did it in his spare time while he was busy doing a billion other things and you're like i i would never even have been able to think that and as far as my recollection goes i think the stars my destination is even better so again i haven't read that in 20 years so i'm going to read that as well so that so caliban's war and then i'm going to read the stars my destination and then i might read a david gemmel novel just for fun uh because it's been a long time since i read some gemmel and i just talked about when the podcast made me go was last time i read some Gamble, so i'm gonna go with i'm gonna read knights of dark renown i've actually written it down here
3: <laughs> as you were doing
1: i was like i should read knights of dark renown because i think i only read that one like twice so i'm gonna go back and read that and again that's another thing that i probably haven't read in 20 years so i'll be looking forward to that and then the next time we're doing the podcast i would probably have read 12 david gamel <laughs> guys that's i'm fair. back on a david gamel kick
0: <laughs> that's fair uh what about you megan um, I feel like we should make a note to discuss like book editing with you, Ollie, and like you can do this, but part of writing, <laughs> editing, and not turning it in the day before it's due. That's that's how
1: I like to do it. Wait, <laughs> it's not even turning it in the day before it's due, Megan. I like to sit and stew the idea in my head and then write the entire thing the day before it's due.
0: Oh, I know. I'm process. aware. <laughs> the editing process is very important, anyways. Um, I'm going to finish Dying with Her Cheer Pants On. I picked it back up recently when um, I had to go to get uh, super boosted um, and then had to sit there for an hour after that. But um, fucking love just the fighting pumpkins. They're so great. Um, And then V.E. Schwab has released a new book as of this week. I don't think it was today. No, it's a Friday, so a couple days ago. Uh, Gallant. Couldn't tell you what it's about other than um, it's a Victoria Schwab book and I'm going to read it. Okay. What's uh, what's our Sorry. main series called again? Fuck you, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you right now. <laughs>
1: it's a darker shade of magic, guys. <laughs>
0: I just had an urge to like throw something <laughs> on my screen. We need to like, wrap this up.
1: <laughs> it was an absolute pleasure, as always, guys, and I'm looking forward to reading two cozy mysteries uh, mm. in the next month.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be a good time. So many cozy mysteries. We should just trade them back and forth. Yeah. Be like Ooh, here's when yeah. I started. <laughs> so, um, you can find us on social media at JBC Podcast. Um, Also, well, by the time this drops, please go check out, I will try to post them on Instagram as well, pictures from the Moors. We read that with Alex several years ago. Um, We have finally gotten this on stage. It looks fucking amazing. So uh, I'm going to post pictures Alex directed. I helped with
2: stage and props, and it was a lot of fun. You um, said several years ago, and I was like, what? No, she's right. <laughs> I know, it's insane. Um,
0: do either of you have anything you would like to promote really quick?
2: None for me.
1: Uh, I did an episode of Sarah F. Decker's podcast, uh, Medieval, about the first season of Wheel of Time. Nice. So um, you could listen to that if you want to hear three hours of the two of us who like a TV series, but the more we discuss it, realize that the changes they made possibly push it too far away from the source material but at the same time it's a good show just you know that last episode is an abomination in the eyes of anybody who's ever read books but uh the first seven episodes absolutely fantastic and i was really high on the show uh my students do a bunch of podcasts so look up criminal fines and then look up sporting heroes where somehow four students from my class managed to get interviews with a bunch of famous irish sports people i I do not know how they managed that they did it without my knowledge in advance and they're like oh by the way Mr Brady uh Roy Keane which will mean nothing to you guys but if you're anyone's a soccer fan it'll be like oh Roy Keane what Wait. the hell
2: who's Roy Keane
1: he was Ireland's soccer captain for years and he played for Manchester United uh y- yes George will know exactly is
2: I, he was no. about to say, I know who that, that is Coach? Uh, no, no.
1: He, he's not no that's Stephen Gerrard okay but Roy Keane would have been a better version of Stephen Jared um, <laughs> okay. back in the day, and uh, yeah, so he's like, oh, he'd be in our school next week. Sorry, what? <laughs> he's my hero, <laughs> and they didn't know that. I was like, he's like literally my hero. I, so when I met him, like I was like, da-dump, 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 da-dump. And I was trying to edit the podcast, and I'm like going, I'm too nervous to actually say anything to him, and then the girls are just sitting there going. And Mr. Keene, what was it like playing football for Cove? I was like don't don't ask him about Cove. <laughs> Everyone knows he had a bad experience at Cove. Oh my god.
0: So yeah, so sporting
1: cool. heroes, I think they're gonna call it, but it's fun.
0: That's really cool. I love
2: that. Sometimes all you gotta do is ask. Yeah, yeah but how? Right. How do they how do they ask him? How do so they know him just, to ask him? I just
1: that's really I, I would I'm like saying. to know that <laughs>
2: backstory, please. I mean, well, that's
1: what I said. How did you do it? Connection. Oh, we just sent him a if message he has on social um, media. Instagram. No, oh,
0: yeah, no, okay. 100%. Yeah. Like when. Because they're, yeah. they're only 16 or 17, like, yeah. and they don't care. Binds at York, all them. I did was go, hey, does anybody know anybody who worked on this show that would be willing to talk to us for an hour and a half? And then we got like a guy who is the set designer, or like in charge of set for Handmaid's Tale. Like, this guy has done so much in the business. And I was like, I could just listen to you talk for hours. How did we just get you on? So like, sometimes you just gotta shoot your shot.
1: I do have a funny story about uh, the girls recording though. So they got an interview with a young man named Tommy Conroy. And uh, Tommy Conroy, by all accounts is uh, I'm going to use the words that uh, most of my lady students have referred to him as, oh my God, he's so beautiful. Um, so they got an interview with Tommy Conroy, and after they were finished, I left the mics on while I was walking Tommy out of the building, and came back and then had recorded about six minutes of the sixteen-year-old. I was going, "Oh my god, he's so fucking beautiful." I feel, oh, I, I couldn't. Every time he looked at me, and uh, if they're listening to this, I saved that audio. Oh, so- no! So if you ever do anything to annoy me, that's getting released <gasps> to the public. Oh,
0: my God. But Holy. if you'd have heard,
1: like, it's exactly what you think it is. It's just like, every time he looked at me, I was just, I think I couldn't, okay. I couldn't even speak. And then one of them goes, <laughs> it was like Mr. Brady with Roy Keane.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was about to be like, if your students are listening and actually believe that threat... Don't worry. Call me. I have blackmail gossip for Mr. Brady. No, you do not. I do not? not. I do not? Uh, (laughs) Do I need to delete that Reddit post?
1: Oh, yeah. That's a good point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Please go support your local libraries and um, have fun gossiping. And we're out.
1: (laughs) Bye.